You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good evening, Bruce. Good evening, GP. How are we this afternoon? Good afternoon. Uh, Doing well. Fantastic. GP, how are you? Nice to see you. Fantastic myself. It's a good day so far. Uh-huh. We'll, All right, so far, we can so we can far. fix that. So we can fix. Yeah, that. we're gonna we're gonna fix that real quick. Tax hike I'm on California sure. millionaires. Oh, oh yeah. there it goes. Tax hike on California millionaires would create a fifty four percent tax rate. Democrats in the California state legislature this week. Now this is a proposal. I don't think this is actually passed yet. They proposed a tax hike on the state's highest earners to help pay for schools and services hurt by the pandemic. Well, then don't shut them down, you fools. The proposal would raise taxes on. California millionaires and result in a top tax rate of nearly 54% for federal and state taxes for the highest earners. The plan follows proposals in New York state to raise taxes on the wealthy to pay for a widening budget deficit. Is this part of that wealth tax, Bruce? Yeah. Like that'll be next, right? I mean, it's it's the beginning of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this is still a tax on your income, I believe. Right. It, oh, it's yeah. not an actual. Yeah. It's a yeah, one whereas, million, two million, three million thing or one yeah. million, million, five million or something. I don't know. Something. Okay, GP, you so, still feeling yeah, good? wealth tax. You well, still feeling good? No. Well, I, I'm a little upset because you, do you know that 40 percent. OK, this this is attacking our top one percenters, you know, top one percent of our population here in California. And as if you attack the people that pay 40% of the taxes here in the state, they're going to leave. They pay 40% of all our taxes here, our revenue. They're already, they're already leaving. That's the problem. So they're going to bolt. Yeah, if you do this, oh, now you're up to 50. They're going to bolt. Almost everyone's going to bolt. And I understand, how is this, where is the schools losing money? Because I, as far as I know, I'm still paying my property taxes. As far as I know, people are still buying lottery tickets like crazy. You know, what ways do schools make money? Where liquor are they getting their money? Open. Liquor stores are open. Yes, I'm sure they're making money. And they're selling lottery Marijuana. tickets like crazy. Oh, my God. Everybody has bought lottery tickets here. It is. It's insanity. Dispensaries. And that money goes to schools. Dispensaries. Every. Yeah. What else? What are the what are the monies go to schools? How are they losing money? Because they're closed. So they're not paying for water, power or any of those things. Where are they losing money at? They laid off teachers. Where are they losing money? Come on, guys. One of you guys got to have something. Well, to be honest with you, I don't really uh, have an answer because Gavin Newsom, your governor out there, Gavinito Mussolini, <laughs> whatever everyone's calling him, he's proposing to shut down prisons to take all the money and put it into schools. So which I think is ridiculous in the first place. But I, again, I, I can't say that I'm that I can give you an answer here because I don't know where the money's going. I really don't. I mean, OK, I have speculated. They're not paying for insurance at these schools. They're not paying the insurances at the schools. What about all the meals? Oh, wait, they're not doing all those everywhere. They're still doing some meals. Thank you. I appreciate the citizens that are looking out for our kids that are at risk and they're spending their time helping them eat. I love that. Thank you, guys. But the vast majority of programs and everything that the schools pay for are not being paid. So that's a big savings. When you shut down a business, how much money does the business spend? Are you asking? I'm asking. When you shut down a business, how much money does the business spend? Yeah, they spend everything they have in reserve capital to stay afloat until they can't do it any longer and they go bankrupt. Yep. They lose. They, they go out of things. Schools. OK, schools are opening digitally, right? You're, you've got uh, online schools. You know, it's Correct. one of the most profitable businesses in this country right now are online education, right? You create a class. The students take the class and half rate teachers just grade the situation or do what, you know, assist in these classes. I mean, not saying that our teacher, we do have wonderful teachers out there that are working their ass off. In fact, I've got one that's one of my neighbors and she's out there every single day. Well, not right now, but she was when uh, her classes were going and she's just online doing Zoom, talking to our students. What extras is school? Does school have to pay for a classroom for that? No. Does school have to pay for what did they pay for? What extra money is this going? Did they pay for some extra security at the at the Zoom conference? No. I mean, how are the schools losing money? Does anybody I, did anybody say this? I have an idea. OK, now this is just my opinion. Okay. I'm not putting this out there mm-hmm. as as hard fact or anything. This is just my opinion, mm-hmm. because I look at 
and I'm, I mean no disrespect, I look at the corrupt one-party state that runs your state, the California Democrat Party, okay? I'm looking, that's a one-party state. I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. I know you got Republican representatives, but largely those that do live in California that are of somewhat conservative mindset. Now, I'm not taking sides here. I'm just simply stating that where's the representation for those people? I'd be saying the same thing if it was a red state, if it was a one-party red state, a Republican state, and the Democrats had no representation either. I'd be fighting the same. So don't think I'm taking sides here. So mm-hmm. where's the representation? My opinion, my opinion is this money's being raked off. Okay. That's my opinion. Same thing when it comes to your infrastructure money, your highway funds, your uh, California state highway funds. How bad of condition are your roads and, and bridges in out there? Where's that money? Oof. Where's the billions of dollars in, in state and local and federal highway funds? Where's all that money? That right. I mean, that's I'm just saying I think it's being raked off by the powers that be. That's my opinion. Well, when a supervisor makes what, five hundred thousand dollars a year, that's fair. Right. No, well, these guys, and it, the, the, the edu- education system is here. Yeah, campaign. Our education system is 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 corrupt. And there's a lot of money being blown to friends and family. And, you know, if, if you'll notice, we've had a few lawsuits and things against uh, some people that uh, hired only their family to work in the LASDU, you know, the, uh, the oh, Los Angeles School District. That's so, bad. yeah, we've had some problems. Yeah, we've had some problems. And yeah. So well, that's my them take. saying that they're not okay. The money, the vast majority of the money is the uh, property taxes that pay for the school. Then it's also federally funded. So mm-hmm. the federal government pays this. A very small percentage of that money actually comes from income tax and all those kind of from from not in, from state taxes like that. Not property tax. Property tax is what pays for it. So and they also get the extra money from the lottery and and a few of the other little taxes they've thrown in there. I don't, I think this income tax is just this move towards, uh, let's get everybody out of California. Let's get anybody wealthy out of California, make it a complete welfare state. But why we come in? Well, if, if I was going to be a, if I was going to be a socialist dictator, I would definitely want all the people to, I want want as many people moving out of California as I possibly can. Well, there's two possibilities. There's, I got another scary scenario is you want to move these people out of California so you can get property cheap. If you look at, see what's going on in Portland right now, a lot uh-huh. of the wealthy people are moving out. A lot of people are moving out. The tax, the homes are, everybody's on this, I'll try to sell their house. Same in Seattle. So if you push a move to get all these people out, you could come in as a government or as a corporation or as an enterprise, whatever it may be, and gobble up all these homes. These are high value areas that no matter what, when you're on the beach, a beach property is a beach property is a beach property. It does not matter. Okay, it's still going to have value. Question, because you're close to this area. So I want your opinion on this. Yes. Malibu. Okay, high yes. dollar homes, high dollar homes. Oh my god, society it's down gorgeous there. too. Yeah, it yes. is. It is high dollar homes, high society down there. A lot of money, right? A lot of money. Yes. What are the people that live in that area going to do if this tax goes through? Well, surprisingly, they the most of their money is not made through direct income. These are this money that uh, this five million, one million is is direct income. Not I don't I believe it's against income against like your working income, not you know, your residuals and things of that nature that you're getting passive you. income. Okay. So I think that's what the tax is against. So it's not going to mean a lot except to people that say are doctors and IT, you know, IT giants or people that make CEOs, those type of people mm-hmm. that their salaries are at that level. But I could be mistaken. They could be saying if you make this much money, no matter what it is, you're going to be taxed. One of the other issues that we're having here in California is a ton <laughs> of earthquakes. Literally. I mean, we're moving and shaking. And what if we have a big one? What would you, you do as a due. government? You guys are due for what would, Yeah, we are. What Every would you do as a place. government to get people to leave? Well, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on it. I mean, every part of the, the ring of fire, shall we say, that's what it's called. Every part of mm-hmm. it, you know, northern Alaska uh, or actually down down in the Alaska uh, Aleutian Islands down along that chain there. They're having earthquakes all the way down into South Central and South America. They're having earthquakes. You guys have had some, but they've been largely inland. They've been out there towards the desert areas. That's where you guys are having earthquakes, just outside mm-hmm. on, on the eastern side of L.A. I, I, we just had one of 4.2. Uh, literally, the epicenter was a mile from a house. Wow. A mile. It's getting closer to the center of L.A. as we speak. <laughs> 
Yeah. Something tells me, like the last time I saw a big earthquake out there was back in the 90s. I remember I was a kid, but that's when that freeway collapsed. I think it's that's mm-hmm. when it was. That was the last one that I remember out there. But yeah, the North, Northridge quake. Yeah, bad. you guys are you guys are due for another one. Uh, and it's but we are due for another one. And if for safety reasons, if we but you never know. See, what might happen is because we've had so many people move in that if everyone starts moving towards the beach, it may capsize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I told Bruce the other so, day, I told Bruce the other day, I said, you know what the problem was? Because he had a, his water main bust. Actually, you were on, weren't you? I was you, on. You were on. You were on. Yeah, I told him, I said, well, you know why it is. Trump had a rally just down the road from you and all those people. You know, it just caused so much strain on the uh, the land there that it caused your water line to snap. Let's hope that that earthquake that's coming, because we know one's coming. Uh, and I just, I hope mm. it's not to the level of, say, like what Japan had to deal with a few years back, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't the tsunamis know how- that go along with it, even if we have a large one. Right. But we, now, our place aren't fault? working in the same. Uh, for our where's that fault line? The San Fernando? Yes. We have several of them because we have multiple well, our plates, how, how they're coming together. But I'm not an expert on it. So I would really not be able to inform the audience on how our plates operate. It says here that the legislators are talking about uh, the tax hike being able to raise more than si- an additional six billion dollars a year uh, and would reflect fun or excuse me, and would redirect funding from the wealthy to those who have been hit hardest by the COVID-19 crisis. So I'm assuming frontline and vulnerable communities here. Mm-hmm. God, I, I, I have issue with that phrasing. Redirect funding from the wealthy. Mm. Redir- that's wealth redistribution. That's what that is. Yeah, exactly why I have an issue with it. Or it's a really secret plan by people that are like, okay, you guys want to be taxing everybody? Why don't we just tax the crap out of, I could say crap, <laughs> crap yeah. out of California and watch what happens so the rest of the country doesn't get infected by this plague of idiots? Um, you know, I mean, the, that would the, be, that'd be a really, that would be a really in, in depth plan, but. Yeah, somebody would have to be really planning that one out. And I, I don't know that that's... I, They're too I stoned like, here to come up with that anyway. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the governors and the mayors and whatnot in that area are more followers of someone else's directives than their yeah, but own. but who would really, really want and benefit from getting all the all the wealth out of California? I mean, seriously, that's crazy. I know who. George Soros. Well, not necessarily him per se, but let's just say foreign investors that are looking to buy up property for pennies on the dollar. True. Speaking of which, you guys have had some. (laughs) Go ahead. No, I was I was joking because you did say Soros. And I said, yeah, and Soros. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Soros, too. You guys have got some new forest fires out there. Yeah. Some wildfires. (laughs) Yes. Quite a few. Yep. Stuff's burning. It's gone to the point where it's like you got a fire. Uh, When did the last one stop? I mean, it's it's we've never stopped burning at one point or another, except during this few weeks that we had rain. We're going to be burning again. I mean, what, have you recall a year ever that California was not on fire? Yes, ever? actually, I do. When? When uh, it was about Republican? Five, about five years ago. <laughs> about five years ago? About Let's five see, years five ago. Years ago well, it had to be longer than that, because I've been in this part of L.A. and just a few miles out. Every year has been on fire. And I've been here since 2009. Well, you guys usually don't make world news until it gets really bad. Then whatever they can put up there. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what happens. It's like anything. It's like people don't talk about like all the attacks and everything that was happening in Germany. Germany wasn't publicizing all of that. They were keeping it to themselves. A lot of countries were doing that. And then we, why would we be any different? Speaking of Germany, since you brought it up, uh, (laughs) there are... A few thousand people that are really upset. When I say a few thousand, I mean around between 20 and 40,000, depending on how you're looking at it and which news agency you're looking at. About that many people showed up in the streets of Berlin yesterday, what? and I think they're out there again today. Yes. Uh, people are getting mad. They're, they're a little upset uh, at what's going on over here. They are loudly chanting their opposition to face masks and vaccines. Uh, thousands of people have gone out to the streets of Berlin. They've marched from... Uh, the Brandenburg Gate down to uh, I'm not sure exactly where they marched to, but the police have said that the turnout's around 20,000. But I've heard, like I said, depending on where you read it, I've heard some of the other turnouts upwards of 40,000. And they had around 500,000 organizers uh, that they had announced that there was going to be a, a day of freedom from the months of virus curbs. So 
And Germany's had a pretty low death toll. And I say that because, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm here. And they've largely dealt with the situation pretty well. They didn't really close here per se. Yes, they had some things that shut down for a while, like, like my gym, for example. The gyms were closed for a couple of weeks. And that was, well, it was about three or four weeks. But yes, it, it closed. Uh, but I mean, it's all open now. And everything's been open again for a good number of weeks. But they've had a low death number. And so people are like, look, you know, this is ridiculous. We don't have time for this. You know, they even tried to go through and lock down another town a few weeks ago. And the citizens of the town were like, look, get out of here. We don't have time for this. We've got lives to live. We don't want to sit here and deal with this nonsense because nobody was dying. Nobody was dying. Well, you're going to lock down the town because someone's got a runny nose. Yep. You You never know if that snot may get on someone's shirt. Oh, for and ruin God's the ensemble. Sake. Oh, for God's sake. So another reason that I could say that Germany's had a low number of not just infections, but death tolls. I mean, we've got 350,000 people in the area surrounding where I live. You're talking about like three deaths. You're going to shut down society over that? Please, please. So the crowd is out shouting that they are the second wave. That's what they're calling themselves. And it's a mixture of hard left and hard right. Listen to this. Conspiracy theorists. Right. That's who these people are. That's how the media is calling. They're calling them conspiracy theorists. Right. You're out there protesting the tyranny of the state and you're a conspiracy theorist. You see you see how the agenda is being twisted and turned here. Right. These people are out there wanting their lives back. They want their freedom back. I wish we had so many Americans doing the same damn thing, but we're not doing it. They're out there in the streets demanding, quote, resistance and dubbing the pandemic the biggest conspiracy theory. A few protesters wore a mask and respected the uh, uh, the six foot social distancing, but not many people did that. So what do you think the media is going to do? They're going to run with this one. Oh, look at these big spikes in Berlin. Oh, look at these big. It's, it's all those protesters in Berlin. You can see it coming. You can see it coming. Well, yeah, it, it's the it's not government sanctioned protests like BLM, right? Those are those are all government sanctioned. Yeah, but OK, you don't really have like th- those aren't really here. Yeah, you've got some people that have gone out around. the. They tried the BLM thing here with the George Floyd thing. Didn't really take because wh- I mean, what sense does that make? Right. You're going to go out and you're going to protest a guy that got killed by some idiot cop in the U.S., one corrupt cop or excuse me, a handful of corrupt cops. So, I mean, that doesn't really fit like that kind of thing doesn't really gain traction here. So they couldn't really go anywhere with it. And at the same time, BLM protesters haven't been out here tearing down monuments. Germany's full of monuments of old white men, uh, Beethoven, Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah. You're going to sit there and tell me that these are what that that represents a part of the civilization that these people detest. But no one's going around tearing their monuments down. So you haven't had the riots. You haven't had the uh, the tearing down of monuments here. Hasn't been here. But you don't but, have the same type of people there either. No, no, you don't. Yeah, that's that's just it. You know, it's different culture. Uh, but at the same time, if they're attacking all Western culture or excuse me, if they're attacking mostly all Western nations, then you would. It requires most know- a certain demographic of people true you have to you have to push the oppressed narrative and cause the oppressed to become angry and move forward in and so they tear down statues in that nature i mean you guys are pretty even across the board culturally speaking right Correct. i mean yeah and you know much. everyone's pretty much the same you know yeah. oh it doesn't really matter like france is kind of everybody's the same too yeah but even I mean, it doesn't french- matter where you're from as long as you're french you're born even france Fr- you know born in france you're french Yes, but even French President Emmanuel Macron came out and said he made a stance nationally. He says, we're not going to take down our monuments at all. We'll come up with some kind of compromise or whatever. We'll respect the boundaries of social injustice and all that stuff, whatever it was he said. He says, but we will not, France will not take down our monuments. The French of all people said that. The damn French said that. No disrespect to our French Mm -hmm. listeners. Thank you all very much. But they said that. Where's the talk from England on that? Where's the talk from the U.S. on that? I'm not hearing it from anybody. Boris Johnson should be out there saying that from the U.K. Donald Trump should be out there saying it, which I think he is, uh, to his credit. He's at least got some uh, some people out there, some U.S. marshals out there to protect it now. And you notice they've kind of calmed down on that a little bit, the tearing down of the monuments. But yes, anyway, back back to these protests. You had some counter protesters out there. Uh, or excuse me, counter demonstrations. They're calling themselves the grandmothers against the extreme right. And they're they're hurling um, insults against, uh, quote, Nazi protesters. OK, do, do you people even understand what that is? OK, let me give you a little history lesson here. The state is coming out and and telling you to wear something. Um, 
Do I need to tell you which side that came from? Do I need to tell you which party implemented that on a certain demographic of people here back in the 30s? Do I need to educate you on your own history? Because I can do that. I can do that. You're going to sit there and you're going to call the people that are asking for their freedom Nazis. Do you see the contradiction here? Do you see the contradiction here? This is how topsy-turvy we've become in the West. You've got people that are out there demanding their freedom back from the government that wrongfully took it from them. They are the ones that are protesting against that type of behavior, that Nazi type behavior from their government. And you're going to have the audacity to come out there, form a counter protest and call them extreme right. And you're going to call them Nazis. How dare you? How dare you do something like that? That type of attitude is exactly what is causing the division in our countries. That right there, when we should be coming together and agreeing on the fact that, hey, we shouldn't let the government step in and tell us exactly what we should be wearing or what we should be doing. We should be governing ourselves and making our own decisions based on our own self-governance. That's how we should be getting through this. We shouldn't be capitulating to the tyranny of the state, no matter what side it comes from, enforcing a way of life on us that's going to have us into their servitude. It's just we don't we don't do things like that. Now, I know that that's a little bit difficult for you to understand if you're out there calling people that want their freedoms back Nazis, right? I understand that's a little difficult for you to understand, but maybe you should pick up a history book. Maybe you should go back and look at the historic oppressions of people, no matter what country, right? Just pick one. Study the totalitarian steps that are taken. Look at how it starts in a country in its infancy, because if you don't stop it, then we all know where it goes. It happens the same way every time in history. So, you have political parties that come out and call these people, uh, the new term is uh, COVID-idiots, COVID-idiots. The only idiot that I see in any of this are the people that tout the lines. You tout that BS line from organizations, illegitimate organizations from places like the World Health Organization, who are openly calling out publicly insane from people like Dr. Michael Ryan. We played the clip here. I can do it again. Who says we need to go into the homes of families and remove them in a dignified manner. That's state-sanctioned brutality, you sick fascist pieces. If that's where we go, then I expect 10 times the amount of people that were out there in Berlin. If that's where we go. All you good people out there that are out there calling everyone else and shouting everyone else down because they're not doing what they're told. How are you going to feel when the state shows up at your house and drags your relatives out or drags you out and hauls you off? How are you going to feel then? You going to care? Or is it just for is it just for saving one life? Is it just for the the greater good? You people are so damn ignorant. You're dangerous. You don't know your own history. You don't know your own culture. I I, I don't know what to do with people like that. I, I really don't have an answer for it. As difficult as it is, I I don't I don't know how to address and get through to someone like that. Uh, well, I have somebody in my family that is sick. That is COVID nineteen. Is sick in the hospital. It's been battling it for three weeks. I'm sorry to hear that. Me too. Here's the thing. It's 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 a perspective on is is one life worth the thousands? You know, when it hits home, when you've got family members that are sick and you see things from a different perspective. I just got a thing. He's um, he's at 70 percent. Um, he's on 70 percent oxygen right now. So he's doing better, but it's still pretty bad. And uh, I just I literally just got the text. We quarantine the sick. You know, we. If what's going to happen is people are going to get sick and people are going to die. And that is a fact that happens with the flu. It happens with driving your car. It happens with when you're walking down the street and you happens to people that eat fast food. It's a risk. But in all those risks, you're generally the means by which you're the cause of your death with heart disease and high blood pressure. I mean, there are some genetic disorders. Don't get me wrong. That's going to cause you to. So. Just so I'm clear early. Yeah, just so I'm clear. And I'll let you continue. Just so I'm clear. You're talking about issues that are pre-existing conditions and issues that you inherit through uh, genetic genetics. There are those those things you can't control. Yeah, you can't control that. Okay, now with this COVID thing, it's like driving a car. You know that how many people we lose every year driving? Uh, a lot. And you take that risk. You deliberately take that risk every single day when you go out. 33,654 fatal motor vehicle crashes in the United States in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many How many accidents, car accidents with injuries do we know? It's a lot. It's even, it's it's huge. It's it's actually, it's astronomically huge. The, because it's according million. to the insurance, you get it from the insurance companies if you're trying to look where you get it from. Six million. Six million. Six million people are injured car accidents. Well, COVID nineteen, you know the risk. You know the risk you have every time you go out there. This is a contagious disease. 
that is going to take lives. You run the risk of, let's just say it's 1%, 1 in 100 counters. You can limit that risk by limiting how much inoculant you get, how many vectors you avoid. But we know that shutting down the globe is going to kill more people. We saw what's going on in Venezuela. Before we saw what happened before all of this. We, I'm talking about economies collapsing. No disease, just economies collapsing. Mm-hmm. Saw what happened in Venezuela. We saw people selling their own children so they can eat. Saw what happened. I, I don't know how long you guys been around, but I remember the videos and pictures and things and some friends accounts of what happened in Russia when it collapsed. Cuba. We can go all over the world. Rwanda. Parts of South Africa. You could go India, Sri Lanka. When economies collapse, no disease compares. When you have a choice between taking somebody out and feeding your child, what do you do? And that's what's going to happen here. It's going to suck unless we do something, right? So what you're saying? How many people what do we saying have? Is, what you're saying is is we have to deal with it. Essentially, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting it. from you. We got to deal with it. We have we, to. We can't it. be. We have to. We deal can't with be it. dealing. Yeah, we can't be dealing with all this other nonsense, all this this divisive crap, because you've got you've got people that are in positions of authority, be it national governments or advisors to national governments that are in the process of trying to shut us down economies. Mm-hmm. Right. They're trying to shut mm-hmm. us down. You've got a third world that's dependent on us largely. They're also dependent on the fact that we stay open so that their countries can have import export operations, which they're not having largely. So we can't close. That's all there is to it. And you have these advisors, you have these government officials and these political people coming out saying, well, we have to close because if it saves just one life. Those are the people that are wanting the bigger death numbers. They want people to die, not of a virus, but of economic despair. That's their agenda. We that understand we have to deal with this, as you're stating, we understand what the risks are and we're willing to take that risk because we know that we can't close. And yes, we're going to lose some people, but it's not going to be to the level of what these other people are going to cause by shutting us down. Soldiers die in battle. And at this point, we're all soldiers. Sorry. Yeah. Bruce, you got anything? I mean, I mean, you guys, you guys have hit on all the topics I would, I would hit on. I'm, a, I'm a, of the same mindset. We can't shut down because as, as we've talked with other, um, you're just saying, you know, when we shut down just the U.S., right? There's economies that we benefit by being active, you know, like tourism and stuff. You know, there's mm-hmm. other locations that benefit from us, and if we shut down, it crushes their economy as well. So it, it's it, just looking at the U.S. alone. We have to stay open. We have to continue allowing travel. Otherwise, more people are going to die than who will die from the, this, this uh, quote unquote pandemic. But is this disease going to kill in the levels of starvation? No. Is it? No. no, because right now, according to the and let me explain right now, according to the models that we were first told by guys like Fauci, he was one of them. If we went off the initial predictions that he put out at this moment, Right now, first week of August, he says we're looking at two and a half million dead in the U.S. We're not seeing anywhere near that. We're looking at 150,000 in the U.S. And those those are cooked up numbers. We know it. Right. Those are overcounted numbers. Those are overinflated statistics because they're counting everything from preexisting conditions on over to uh, gunshot wounds and motorcycle accidents and car accidents and, and you name it. Right. Shark attacks even. So those are overinflated numbers. The CDC director came out. Bruce, you're going to love this. The CDC director came out and they have acknowledged they've admitted this. They've acknowledged that hospitals have received a monetary incentive to overcount the coronavirus deaths. So now they're admitting it. Now they're admitting it. The actual quote he's put out is this. He says, I think you're correct that we've seen this in other disease processes too, really in the HIV epidemic, GP, you would know more about the HIV epidemic because that, I mean, you've, you've been around work, you know, studying in that longer than the rest of us. Somebody may have had a heart attack, but they also have HIV. The hospital would prefer the classification for HIV because there's a greater reimbursement. So do I think that there's some reality to that when it comes to the death reporting, though, ultimately it's how the physician defines it in the death certificate. And we review all of the death certificates. So I think probably it is less operable in the cause of death, although I won't say that there are not some cases. I do think that when it comes to hospital reimbursement issues or individuals that get discharged, there could be some play in that for sure. I would take that as an admission of they are using 
the hospitals are using that to get the extra money because, Bruce, we talked about the financial incentives for the classifications in the hospitals. Yep. Uh, I mean, we called it, right? <laughs> Some of the other conservative medias have all called it and said, hey, uh, this this is kind of a problem. These the, the, these hospitals are uh, getting this incentive. And huh, interesting that they're willing to admit it now after this long. Hmm. Well, it eventually reaches a point where they can't hide it any longer. And so they just have to come out and casually mention it, although it's not exactly making headlines on networks such as CNN and Fox News and the like. So, I mean, as far as I could tell, there's only one one outlet that's reporting it, uh, and that's the Washington Examiner. But also, also, do you, do you remember we were talking about your friend, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo up in New York, what mm. he did with the uh, the covid patients in the nursing homes? We're talking about yeah. Somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh, I don't know, 6,000 to 7,000 that we know of uh, deaths in nursing homes up there where he ordered his order, put the COVID patients in the nursing homes and it spread like wildfire through there and it killed a whole mess of people. Mm -hmm. Well, Governor Whitmer has done the same thing up in Michigan. What's she doing up there? So she fought the GOP. The GOP was trying to ban this sending COVID positive patients into nursing homes, um, quarantining them there. Uh, they tried to, to ban that. She shot it down. She vetoed it. And yeah, do we, do we not remember what, what we just talked about in, in New York and actually that tri-state area, they all did that. Uh, but New York was the worst. Do we not remember how many people just died? We, we just said it, you know, leaders or not leaders, our representatives are our representatives that forgetful. Are they goldfish? Did they forget us just saying it well, as if they listen, but. Yeah. yeah, I'm confused here. She says that she's accusing the, the state Republicans of playing a political game with patients' lives, yet she's vetoing the bill that would keep COVID-19 patients out of nursing homes. But she comes out and she makes a statement saying protecting the health and safety of nursing home residents and their staff continues to be a top priority for my administration. But you're vetoing mm. the bill that would keep them out of there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're not trying to keep them safe. Absolutely um, you're trying to increase the death numbers. So I don't know. I mean, seriously, what other conclusion can you come to if, if you're unwilling to, to keep the most vulnerable among us, the ones that are most at risk of dying from COVID-19? What, what am I supposed to conclude? You're, you're trying to kill off the, the most vulnerable among us. You're trying to, I mean, granted, the elderly are the most burdensome, if you will, uh, on our medical system, but that's not, you don't kill them off to try to remove the burden. You innovate, <sighs> but yeah. But more than that, you isolate, right? We we isolate them. Yes. We isolate the sick, right? We we don't allow yes. that. We we don't allow any type of uh any, any type of compromise. We have to isolate the elderly and the immunocompromised. Has to be that way. Otherwise, we're going to see the kind of numbers we saw in New York, right? Yeah, and honestly, I'm not sure that's not the goal at this point. I have no other conclusion as to why you would put COVID positive patients into retirement homes. It makes no sense. And they make reference here to um, uh, a few governors that allowed this uh, this reckless practice in the first place. Governor Whitmer, of course, being the latest one. And then, of course, uh, Andrew Cuomo of New York, who, well, his policies, he's already, he, his his crimes are already clear on that one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and that's just what we know of, you know, the 6,500 or whatever it was, but uh, allowing that to continue. But yes, keeping with this, we're talking about death numbers since we're on that. Sweden, Sweden has been one of these countries that's been largely unaffected. I mean, it hasn't really hasn't been a country with a high death rate, hasn't been high infection rates, none of that stuff. They didn't do a lockdown. They didn't do any mandates on masks or social distancing or anything like that. And what's happened in recent weeks, they've had no deaths. And I think they're down to something like 77 infections a day or, or right, right about that number or, or less. But why aren't we hearing about that? Why, why is that not a thing? Well, if we followed that type of mentality, well, then we wouldn't have the authoritarian power grab, would we? But they decided they were just going to go for the, uh, uh, I guess, the herd immunity type. But Sweden decided that they were going to do exactly what we just said. They were going to isolate the immunocompromised and the elderly. So you keep that part of the population safe. You put the preventative measures in there. You don't do it to the whole population. You don't do a one size fits all. You don't shut down civilization. You don't turn it off. Because as GP was talking about, you're going to kill more people with economic policies. You're using the economy as a weapon. How many people is this put out of work? How many people 
have lost their livelihood? How many people's wealth has been destroyed? How many people's lives have been ruined because of these moronic policies? How many? You probably can't count them. That's how many. We're still looking at upwards of 30 million unemployed in the U.S. So Sweden let the let the virus kind of just go through the population. Instead of trying to slow it down or, or mitigate anything, they just said, let it go. Just let it go. And of course, from this, they didn't deal with overrun hospitals. They didn't deal with a surge of new cases. They didn't deal with a whole bunch of dead people. They didn't reclassify any of the deaths. They don't have largely subsidized testing. Yeah, I wonder where all that money's going. You ever think about that? Which companies are involved in that? Which senators? Which state legislatures? Who's in there with the companies that are administering these tests? Oh, yeah. GP, you want to know where you want to know where some of that school money is going to go? <laughs> Look at testing. I ain't. But they didn't do any of these things, right? Sweden didn't do any of these things. And to the Germans, to a great extent, they didn't do any of these things either. You know, they don't have massive multi-lane places over here where you drive through and get tests. I mean, they started the drive through testing over here, but that's just if you called, up, called ahead and said, yeah, I want to come down and get checked. But that's it. But their economy right now in Sweden, they're roaring. Where's Bernie Sanders? Yeah? Anyone asking that? Where's Bernie Sanders? Where's Bernie Sanders coming out talking about Swedish Swedish socialism is the way to go? Huh? Where's he? Oh, he's dealing with the pandemic, isn't he, Bruce? Where's Bernie Sanders? Where's the where's the, the guys like, where's his type talking about uh, Scandinavian socialism? Where's that? Where's him on, well, Sweden did the right thing here. Maybe we should look to Sweden to do this. Where's that talk? Not hearing it, are you? Instead, you've got mainstream media outlets in the United States coming out saying, well, the numbers in Sweden, even though they haven't had any deaths, it's not as good as it sounds. How is that not as good as it sounds? How? If you have no deaths, which because if you listen to guys like Fauci, that's the ultimate goal here, right? No deaths, no new cases. Well, if you're dealing with 77 new cases a day on average, and that number's falling, you have no deaths over the course of several weeks. You're not implementing any of these policies that he's advocating for. Now it's goggles. You're not doing any of these things on a national scale. You're isolating the immunocompromised. You're isolating the elderly. Why isn't he making reference to this, this system? Why isn't that being talked about? Where's that talk? There isn't any. None. Because if they promote an agenda to make it go away, they themselves that are running things now and advising policy become irrelevant. They don't have power if they make it go away. So it's in their best interest to keep it. If we're right on the conspiracies, you know, that we've we've talked about, and I'm, I'm saying conspiracies and in, in with the little quotes, quote fingers, um, mm-hmm. you absolutely have to have the numbers high. You, OK, you need the numbers high. You need the infection rates high. You need to have those numbers skewed, right? So that you can enact more control and you can push for more, you know, uh, the socialist things like, oh, well, we need to do universal basic income because nobody can work. Or we need to do, we need to open up the economy, but we'll tell you which business is going to open. And what you can sell. And what you can sell. Yeah. Hmm. That doesn't sound... uh, doesn't sound communist, socialist at all, does it? Fascist. So yeah, I, I think the reason they're not they're not talking about it is they need those numbers to be high. They if they want to enact control, then they need that, and that's kind of why I think they're okay with the hospitals skewing the numbers. And it's almost like they're paying the hospitals off. Hey guys, look, if you have more cases of COVID nineteen, we'll send you some more money. It's kind of like a little little scheme there, like. We'll give you some money. Just increase the numbers a bit so it plays into our narrative. It wasn't directly said, but, you know, the they just showed them enough, you know, just just enough that, hey, look. And so they, they they're playing into the hand without even knowing it. And the uh, testing. Useful, if you will. And the testing. Yeah. Especially with the labs reporting, uh, as we talked uh, talked about before, the testing is ramped up. The labs are in some cases in just Florida alone. It was 100 percent uh, infection rate. And then the other ones were reporting no cases of or very small numbers of, of negative cases. So it, it looked like they had negative cases, but they had uh, more positives than negatives. When you looked into it, oh, look at that. They didn't report something like 90% of the, the actual negative cases. It, you know, And sometimes they were reporting 10 times more infections than were actually present. So yeah, the virus does propagate rapidly and whatnot. And the numbers could be more accurate to how many people actually have had it. You know, I've, I've heard that argument as well. But the, the problem is, is because of all the lying, because of all the corruption there, it's going to diminish our trust of the government. So now it's going to push people to, well, what do I do? We have to burn the system down or we have to completely change it or it, it makes it easier to jump on board with those ideas. 
uh, to go over some death numbers here. GP, you like statistics, yes? To, to go over some of the uh, the statistics here in uh, in Sweden, just to give you an idea. So it's one point three percent higher than here. No, what, what do we got? <laughs> no, it's um, we're looking at uh, the COVID nineteen deaths in Sweden. So a total of four thousand and twenty eight deaths. Okay, a total. Now mm-hmm. one thousand of those, one thousand seventeen of those are over the age of ninety. Mm. One thousand six hundred and fifty of those are between the ages of 80 and 90. 888 of those are between the ages of 70 and 79. 287 are between the ages of 60 and 70. 122 are between the ages of 50 and 59. 38 of those deaths are between the ages of 40 and 49. 12 of the national deaths are between the ages of 30 and 39. And eight are between the ages of 20 and 29. And there are none underneath of that. So are we seeing, are we seeing a pattern here? Of who this affects the most, and just looking mm-hmm. at Sweden's numbers because they they're largely you know I, I could call them the the winner in all this at the moment. So if we're looking by this graph here, these are the reported numbers that they have. If we're looking at this, then you're looking at the largest percentage of deaths in between the ages of uh, eighty and ninety. And then of course you have uh, the second highest number would be ninety and older. So the numbers get lower the younger you go. So between the ages of 20 and it uh, looks like uh, 20 and uh, 80, those are going to be your lowest numbers. So you've got you've got that gap in there like that. That's the even if you were to look at the ages of 20 to 70. OK, you could call those people w- within that age range, You depending on when their retirement is. I'm just kind of guesstimating here between that age range. Those are your working people, right? Those are the largest demographics of people that work within that age range. Okay, so those are your earners. Those are the people that are out there in the economy working. You're looking at 467 deaths between the ages of 20 and 70. Out of how many infections? You had to ask me that, didn't you? Mm -hmm. It's important because if it's 480 deaths out of 480 people infected, that's pretty bad. Well, that that's a that's a good question, because I don't I'm not going to say that I know. And I I don't see the number pointed out here is how many people they have infected, because you can argue that because that's a debatable number because of the testing or lack thereof in certain cases. Here's what I'm hearing. You're saying the elderly should be sequestered away. People at risk, like overweight, obese, whatever, should be sequestered away. People that have health conditions should be sequestered away and healthy young people should be out there working the economy, keeping everyone alive. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what you're hearing. And so we can get out there as the healthy population and get the herd immunity side of it so we can yes, deal with the rest of society. Mm-hmm. So 467 deaths, 467 between the ages of 20 and 70 in the country of Sweden through this whole ordeal. And how many people do we lose on an average on an average day? Our population difference between Sweden and, and the United States is is dramatic. Well, we're three hundred and forty plus million, and they're what? How many million in Sweden? I, I wasn't. Yeah, but I wasn't comparing population sizes. I was comparing how many people do they lose between that time period on a normal basis, like people that die of natural mm-hmm. causes, people that die of other things. That's that's what comparison I was trying to make. I wasn't making oh, okay. a comparison right. to any other country. Are we dying more? What are our death numbers? I was I was trying to get that, you know, speaking of those between last year and this year. Is there a difference? Well, everything is now COVID. See, that's the problem. They've doctored with all the numbers. Right. But that's but the number of people dying is not going to change. You know, you can't just say whether they died from like if last year, say this today, 100 people died. And then you compare today, this time last, you know, from last year, 100 people. Okay, there's no change in deaths. But if last year there was 100 deaths and this year there was 650, we can say, okay, there's been a drastic change. What's going on? As of last year, it was just shy of 3 million was the number of deaths all year. Divided by a percentage of the month. But we, we lose a lot of pe- more people, I think, during, during holidays and summer. Yeah. Uh, so the death rate, it, it basically equated out to 863.8 deaths per 100,000. Okay. And what are we losing right now? Total? Do we even have a stat on that? Let's just, let's go with, uh, a, let's go with April when everyone was already exposed and we had the most amount of deaths. Actually, May, I think would have been the worst one. Don't know if we have that number yet. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. The thing is, is I've heard people report on this. I've, I've heard people reporting on 
what the current rate is. And let's see here. If you look at the death mortality rate in 2019 and compare it to what it is today uh, per capita, then we should be able to narrow down how many people are really actually dying of COVID-19 if that number is spiked or not. Now, the, the, there, there is a bit of a caveat with that because there is an increase uh, with suicides. There is an increase of uh, abuse and, and murder and whatnot. So or homicides, if you will. So it's not going to all be COVID-19. However, technically, they're COVID-19 related because of COVID-19, the lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. And of course, the suicide numbers right now are off the charts because of everything that's going on. Right. They're speculating another 75,000 in the state that I live uh, by the end of this year. Uh, So between now and the end of the year because of the the lockdowns. Crazy. All right. Let's end on something non-COVID related, shall we? Can, can we can we do that? Can, can we get off of this? I'm I'm so I just want COVID like gone. But you know something? If Donald Trump gets reelected, you know we're gonna have this for another four years. If he doesn't get elected, we may have this another four years. If he doesn't get until elected, until their plans until plans are you know in place. Yes, we're gonna actually have this for a very long time period. Well, yeah, this which is, is going exactly, to be going on. The disease is going to go on. It's going to go which on. Is this exactly is not something why, that's going to go away. Ex- Yes, I agree, which is exactly why we should ignore it. That's been my argument from the start of this thing, because these little tyrants are going to do nothing but exploit this and turn this into a system of control, which we talked about yesterday, and they're going to reshape everything that people are doing. And you know something? All this is working towards January, all of it. And I'm not talking about a presidential election. I'm not talking about an inauguration. I'm talking about Davos, Switzerland. They're working towards a reset button. And if they can grab some control out of it under the guise of keeping everyone safe, then they're going to do it. So, yeah, it's not going to go away. But it's just a matter of how much we allow them to take from us in the process. So let's move on to something else non-COVID. Well, I can't really say this is non-COVID related, but the New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy, right? We've talked about the Atlas gym here and the gym uh, that got shut down and the owners got arrested, but then they came back. Excuse me. The gym got shut down. The owners decided, okay, well, we're going to come back, but we're going to put procedures in place to keep everyone safe. So they decided to move all their equipment out into the parking lot. And then that way everyone could stay socially distanced and, and all that stuff and do their workouts and all that stuff. And then they would bring the equipment back in, but they would stay at their property. Now they own this property. Okay. So it's not like they're leasing this property from somebody and then violating some kind of um, thing between the owner and the company that's elite and the people that are leasing it. It's, it's nothing like that. They actually own this property. So what's actually happened while they went down the, the state of New Jersey, they went down the um, looks like the uh, the sheriff's office, the, the police went down there and they arrested the two owners of the gym. And so they were they were on site. They went down. They took them down to jail. They got out and you know, they got out on, on bond. They released them because they charged them with contempt for keeping their business open. And they got back to their gym, their property, and they found their doors boarded up. And attached to the door was a notice of an embargo. The County of Camden Division of Environmental Health, of course, it was all signed off on, has the name of the business, the uh, the number, the address and everything. So it's it's their business that they're shutting down. So what did the owners do? They decided that they weren't going to put up with it. They said that the New Jersey state governor ordered the sheriffs to close their gym. They arrested the um, the owners and boarded up their doors. And they say that that type of government overreach is terrifying. The Democrats allow rioters to burn businesses to the ground, but won't let them operate. True. Can't argue with that. Governor Phil Murphy comes back in a tweet and he says, we're not past COVID-19. I'm not announcing any specific action today, but consider this as being put on notice We will not tolerate these devil-may-care, nonchalant attitudes anymore. I can hear Bruce just coming unglued over there already. The owners of the Atlas Gym decided that they didn't like what Governor Murphy had to say. So they went back to their gym, and there's video of this out there. They went back to their gym with their doors that were boarded up, the owners did, and they kicked the doors open to their own business, and they reopened. So now it's on the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy. What's he going to do next? I applaud the two business owners for doing what's right. I mean, it's their business and the government's trying to be tyrannical and shut them down. The only thing they've done wrong here is they put a the the government put a restraining order on them from they weren't supposed to go around their business, basically. <laughs> and they violated that. So they were charged with contempt. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I, I really wish them the best. I, I hope uh, everything goes well. I hope the president is keeping an eye on this because if that local government tries to come down on these guys again and throw them in jail, I'd like to see the president step in and pull them out of there. I'd like to see that as well. As a matter of fact, why don't we just put some U.S. marshals out there to guard their business while people come in and patron and work out? Why not that? You know, shake their hands, buy some coffee, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get the sentiment, but at the same time, I don't want government sanctioning any businesses like, uh, you know, they're sanctioning well, the business no, now. Well, what I meant was, is they're not it's not like I, I, I don't want government involved in business. So I would prefer the government doesn't come in and say, yeah, we're, we're supporting these guys. They can do business. I would prefer it more as a taunt or something to, to the governors, just like step down or the Fed will come in and ensure these guys have their rights upheld. I don't want it to be seen. It's it's all about image, basically. I, I just don't want it be, to be perceived that the government is coming in and forcibly allowing people to do business. Like it, it just sets a dangerous precedent. I, I know it's it's for their rights, but at the same time, it's what if the left comes in and does the same thing for another business that is bad or even the right, you know, they come in and do that and, and protect a business that is actually bad, is detrimental. Yeah. Are you saying that there are governors out there that consider some businesses to be bad? I never would have guessed. Well, there's there's businesses out there that I consider bad and um, would like shut down, but it's not really the, the place of the, well, kind of is the place because the government's giving money, but yeah. So, government's bad. Government's bad, okay? Government's bad. That That's basically what I'm getting at. Government is bad. Just, just find your own business, government. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, we are going to have to jump out of here. Thank you guys for sitting down this afternoon. For those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. We like all your comments, your echoes, your upvotes, your feedback. Love getting feedback. Please drop us a line. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We do answer all of our comments. So if you have anything you'd like to share with us, anything you'd like to say to us, please do drop us a comment in one of our social media profiles. You can follow me. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. GP, Bruce, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.